Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, the Yankees with a thrilling 8-7 win over the Tampa Bay Rays. Probably the most exciting win of the season. Probably what you call Josh Donaldson's Yankee moment. Uh, yes, the Yankees did lose 2 out of 3, and overall you still worried about the team. But uh, just a big, huge clutch grand slam, a game-winning grand slam uh, in the bottom of the 10th inning with, again, the Yankees down 7-4. Uh, and, again, the most unpredictable, unbelievable fashion, pulling off the win there and avoiding would have been just a disastrous sweep at the hands of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, but still, overall, a lot of problems with this team, so we'll go over all that. But before we do, if you haven't done it already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. So wherever you are right now, I'm sure there's a like or a follow or something in front of you. Uh, click that, hit that, smash that, as they say, crush it, as they say, and get notified when new content comes up throughout the rest of the season. So as we all know, as it's well documented, the Yankees, especially the offense, struggling mightily. Uh, lost two out of three from Boston, but not just losing games, but just, you know, the offense is completely dead. That whole road trip, uh, getting blanked a few times, one nothing uh, against the uh, St. Louis Cardinals one of those games, getting blanked one nothing in an extra inning game in Seattle, uh, getting blanked on the finale in Fenway, 3 nothing. Uh, so, again, the Yankee offense throwing a lot of zeros there and it's really making it tough on the pitching staff. They almost have to be perfect. And even if you're all perfect, you're probably going to lose an extra innings like the Yankees did in Seattle there. So, uh, Yankees come this game, finally get some home cooking. Again, it's going to be a, a rather large set against both the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and then Toronto coming in afterwards. So, uh, you know, both those teams kind of, you know, you know, Yankees, at least, you know, luckily for them, pad themselves up with a good 10-game cushion. And, you know, uh, to the Yankees' um, luck, Toronto's also been struggling during this Pierce and not taking advantage of the Yankee woes. But uh, the first game on the mound at home, the ace, quote-unquote, Garrett Cole, uh, and, you know, you know, people have been questioning him a little bit, just, you know, having a couple of clunkers there. But, again, his last outing, uh, even though it was in a losing uh, cause, was good against Seattle. Just, he's got absolutely no offense. He had zero offense. He threw blanks up there and he's got nothing to show for it. So uh, he was on the mound against the uh, lefty, Ryan Yarbo. Now, you know, this is one of those Tampa games where they go, kind of go uh, bullpen uh, by committee there. So they, they were going to go for Yarbo for four, and then, you know, the rest of the committee there will kind of fill out the game. Cole uh, went the whole way. Now he had a little problem there in the fourth inning thanks to some sloppy defense. Uh, by uh, Aaron Hicks, who's then, again, just having a miserable season overall. So David Peralta, it's a, a what should have been a, a routine fly out to center field, but Hicks kind of took a, a kind of weird angle on it. I'm not saying it's like, the, I'm sure you saw that blooper clip of like, you know, the ball when Jose Caseco was playing outfield, like the ball hit off the top of his head and like went, went over the wall for a home run. Not as that embarrassing, but pretty close. This took such a bad angle on the ball, and the ball just basically dropped on the warning track in front of the wall again. Even a minor league over to court that. So whether he lost in the lights, it took a bad angle, whatnot, uh, led to Peralta being on third base. And then right after that, um, Isaac Paredes was able to uh, score him on a single, and the Rays took a one nothing lead. And pretty much that would have been it for the game. Uh, again, the Yankee offense gave um, no support for Cole at all. He would go for six innings, um, only surrendering uh, five hits, just that one earned run, which really again, should have been an error. But I guess since, you know, Hicks wasn't even near the ball, so technically if he didn't touch it or make any contact with it, it's not really an error. It's kind of a weird rule there. But there's bad luck for Cole, who, again, gave the Yankees a quality start. Six strikeouts, only two walks, uh, but, again, with no offense to support him. And then uh, in the ninth inning, obviously by that point, uh, Cole well out of the game. Lutrevino in relief for Peralta, a couple of runners on. He ended up giving up a couple of hits to uh, Yanni Diaz as well as Jose Siri. Uh, and they kind of padded the lead at the point, top nine, four, nothing. But really this game was over. Uh, but, no, they did add a couple more runs there in the ninth inning and took a 4 nothing lead. And then, the, again, the Yankees with nothing went out with a whimper uh, in the bottom of the ninth. And Tampa takes the first game. Again, they lost 3 nothing to Boston Sunday. Now, 
Sunday night. Now you you lead off, the, you start this game off losing four nothing, and you know just Yankee fans are really, really, really starting to grumble there. Uh, but you figure, all right, maybe game two, Nestor Cortez on the mound again. He's been one of the heroes this season. Maybe he could stop the bleeding, inspire the team. But no, a couple of runners on for Randy at Rosarina, who really you know over the long haul is really you know tormented the Yankees. Well, he did it again, hitting a three run home run off of Nestor. And this is in the top of the first inning, so putting the Yankees right away in a 3 nothing hole. And just with the way this offense is, you had absolutely, absolutely no faith that the Yankees would have a, uh, any chance of coming back in this game, just the way they've been dead and limping there. Now, in the fifth inning, they did finally scratch across the run. Uh, ben Attendee with one out, did hit a triple, so you know, a sign of life from him. Get one of the problems with his team is you know, he really hasn't been hitting that much. But on the triple, he would eventually score in an infield error to cut the, the deficit to 3-1, to one, but that was it for the Yankees. Again, this offense just in very sleep mode. And opposing pitcher Jeffrey Springs, again, not exactly a household name, kept the Yankees at bay. Uh, he gets the win, just went five innings, only gave up two hits, just uh, one earned run from the triple there, uh, which strike out four and it's walk one. So, again, getting shut down by Jeffrey Springs. Now, you might ask, who's Jeffrey Springs? I'm probably asking the same thing. So, again, this Yankee offense at this point, absolutely miserable. One of my previous posts, I said they hit rock bottom. This is even rock bottomer. And it got the point because finally Cashman had enough. So before the start of game three, made a couple of moves. Now, Holmes, as we know, has been struggling a little bit, supposedly um, complaining of back spasms. They ended up putting him on the 15-day IL uh, and calling up in his place, which a lot of fans have been calling for, Rob Marinaccio, who was down in the minors there. He was pretty reliable up here, but they kind of sent him down just because he had the options. Also, some fresh young blood. Uh, to get a little youth in his team. So uh, Osvaldo Cabrera, who's been hitting w- well up, up in AAA there, they bring him up as well as Esteban Floreal, who, again, Yankee fans have been clamoring for him back in spring training uh, just to replace the struggling Hicks. Uh, so to make a move on the roster, and then sending Tim Locastro and Miguel Andorra. As you know, Miguel Andorra loves getting sent down to AAA. Uh, so, again, you really do too much up here. Again, he got a little shot there with, with Matt Carpenter to come down. I know it's a short... Well, short sample size, but nothing really that impressive there. So to make room for um, Cabrera and uh, Floreal, send Locastro and Anderhaar down to AAA, and then see what the young guns could do for this team. So the third game was uh, another game against Corey Kluber, who, again, former Yankee, uh, but going to Tampa, that, you know, also now we can't touch him against Herman, who's getting slowly but st- steadily, again, gets better, better, better every little start. Now, game was scoreless into the third inning to finally – um, Tampa uh, scratch one across. So, uh, Siri, Jose Siri, who they, uh, Tampa got from actually the Astros, was on first base. So, Yandy Diaz hit a double off the wall, and uh, Siri read the ball great and was able to score from first, sped around the bases, and put Tampa up at the point one nothing. And then a little later on in the fifth inning, uh, with two on that same Diaz again, hit another double, cleared the bags. And Tampa at that point was up 3 nothing, And just like the previous game, just the way this offense is, you felt had no faith whatsoever the Yankees were going to come back in this game. Again, it's been absolutely lethargic, even with the young guys, the new guys. Uh, you know, this team is absolutely dead. And then in the, just for the um, cherry on top in the sixth inning, uh, Lucas Lucky in relief of Herman gives up a solo home run to Harold Ramirez. And Tampa now is up um, uh, 4 nothing, which, again, seems like 10 nothing, just when the fact that you're not able to score anything. But finally, 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 Yankees show some sign of life, to show some sign of what we've seen with these 2022 Yankees. So Aaron Judge led off and kind of had a, um, an opposite field bloop double. I guess this is the way they, they were obviously weren't expecting, you know, he wasn't hitting opposite field on purpose, but 
Uh, I guess the right fielder was kind of shaded over this because Judge is normally a pole hitter or at least goes up the middle. But Judge was able to bloop it into right field there, lead off with a double, and then right after that, uh, Glebar Torres, uh, again, who again, I haven't seen much power from him li- lately, but uh, crushes a two-run home run to left field, cuts the lead to, uh, to four to two, and the Yankees at least showing some sign of life there. Um, now, right after that, uh, next I was at this game, yeah, I was watching, like, everything's cool. And, like, I felt a drop or two, but nothing crazy. And also, like, the grounds crew just ran out onto the field. They're like, what's going on? Like, there wasn't even, like, rain in the forecast that I knew of. And, like, within the drop of a dime, put the top on. It was like, all right, what's going on here? And then maybe about a couple minutes after that, a little water, a little water, a little rain, a little rain. And then it just, like, came down hard for a good 20, 25 minutes. Uh, so I guess, you know, I guess the guy give Got to give props to the ground crew there. Had their eye on the weather forecast and, and called it within a few minutes. Uh, so the game had about an hour or so delay. But before they did delay, at the time it was the top of the seventh there, Tampa had two runners on, and they brought in Rob Marinaccio, who again just got called up. Started warming up, and then they threw the top, top on. So you figure, all right, are they going to warm him up again? But they actually did. I guess he didn't overextend himself too, minute, too much in the warm-up. So had to warm up a second time and was able to get out of a jam there. Again, Yankees are um, down 4-2. Tampa putting more runs across them, and it would have been goodbye and good luck. Uh, but uh, to Marinaccio's credit, able to get a strikeout and then a lineout, uh, which looked like it was going to dunk into center field for a hit, but the, the new guy, Espan Floriel, ran in, caught the ball, and great play. And this is, again, you know, the field out there was just, just after the rain today, very slick, very wet, very good opportunity to slip and fall, something like that. But, again, got to give props to the ground crew to drain you know, drain the field out there so there's no puddles or anything. And Floriel was able to make the catch, and the Yankees were able to get out of that jam. Now, Bottom of the sound, the Yankees actually could have really put a crooked number on the board. Uh, so had a bases loaded situation with Aaron Judge up, uh, Doug Fairbanks, one of the setup men, one of the hard throws out of that bullpen, that stable of bullpen guys they have there for Tampa. Walks Judge on four pitches, which walked in a run, made the made the game at that point four to three. Now, Gleyber Torres is up, who early on hit a home run, good for him. But you, you see a pitcher there, walk the guy in front of you on four pitches. Obviously, maybe it's on purpose, but maybe he just doesn't have control of the strike zone. You would think you would at least take a strike to let him prove that he know he could hit the strike zone, but no. Gleyber Torres, again, after a four-pitch walk to Judge, goes after the first pitch, hits the ball on the ground, and it's a tailor-made double play, again, with the bases loaded, and the Yankees blow that opportunity. Again, they close the, the, the gap with a 4-3, but they really could have put a crooked number up in that inning. And for Gleyber Torres, both him and Aaron Hicks um, have major league ties for uh, the most hits into a double play with bases loaded with four. And the New York Yankees, as an organization, lead the majors with 11. So 11 times the Yankees have had bases loaded and have grounded into a double play to get out of it. So, again, the Yankees, just, as good as the offense is overall for the season, I know this, you know the slump they've been in, grounding out into double plays, that could be just so much better. But, again, situational hitting, uh, not there all the time for the Yankees. So the Yankees blow that opportunity. But Anthony Rizzo would save their bacon a little bit in the eighth. Kevin Cash brought on the lefty there, um, Brooks Raley, so lefty on lefty against Rizzo, but Rizzo wins the battle, hits a solo home run to right field, ties the game at that point, 4-4, four to four, and the Yankees weren't able to do, have no um, dramatic walk-offs, so this went to the ghost runner situation in, in the 10th, and this, this this whole thing had several different beats to it. So Scott Efros was still in the X, he pitched ninth, so he was, he left him, they left him in there to get the um, righty Ramirez out, got him to ground out. And it was a ground out to third, so the ghost runner at second couldn't really move over. So, again, kind of, you know, good luck there for the Yankees. Uh, but, that, but then I decided to go with Chapman there because, again, Efros kind of pitched a lot in the ninth, and you don't want to burn him out two out. So they brought in Chapman. And, uh, again, Chapman's been good lately, been reliable, again, as the kind of seventh to eighth inning guy. Unfortunately, had troubles in the tenth. 
ended up giving up issues back-to-back walks to Isaac Paredes and, and Walls. Again, plus you had the ghost runner on. So now you have a bases loaded situation with one out. Now Chapman did buckle down, able to strike out Siri looking there. So you get two outs, and you're like, hey, maybe maybe Chapman can get out of this one. Now he has Francisco Mejia, the switch hitter. He has him ahead 0-2. 0-2. So you figure, all right, maybe you, know, you don't want to throw something to dirt, because I understand you throw throwing dirt if it gets by uh, Trevino, the, the running to score from third. But maybe nibble around a little bit. You're, you're ahead of the count 0-2. Serves um, a hittable pitch, and Mejia, to his credit, Hits it on the ground, opposite field, and just past Rizzo at first base. So a double easily, you know, two with two outs. Runners are going on contact. All three runners score. So clears the bags, puts the uh, Rays up seven four at that point. And you're like, oh my, what a terrible loss. I mean, you know, you crawl back. The offense is dead there. You make a game four four there. And now Chapman of all people who again been on the bad boy list and recently the good boy list. And now you want to put him back on the bad boy list. And then again, it wasn't a terrible pitch, but this still this is the timing of this. And you figure, all right, these Yankees are dead. So, bottom of the tent, that would not be the case. So, Jalen uh, Beekson, uh, the lefty. Now, Judge, he made the last out in the uh, ninth inning. So, he was the ghost runner at second base. Gleyber Torres, who, uh, you know, blew a big opportunity by grounding out uh, in the seventh there with the bags loaded. Made up for a little bit, hit a single. So, with Judge on. So, Judge was able to move to third. So, he had a first and third situation. Anthony Rizzo, who uh, had the solo home run in the eighth to tie the game, had a huge walk. And so now with nobody out, bases loaded, the man of the night, Josh Donaldson up. And, you know, he's been struggling lately. And a lot of people say, hey, you know, why stick with this guy? He's been terrible. But the Yankees made the big deal for him. They, again, the, the five-player uh, trade, sending Gio and Gary over there and, and getting back uh, Donaldson and IKF, as well as Ben Rovette, who uh, I guess is this, we'll never see him. So whatever that situation is. But Donaldson's been struggling this season. And I know he had the game-winning hit opening day. A uh, couple of times had a couple of clutch hits here and there, walk-offs, but this was his big Yankee moment. Uh, again, at, at any point the Yankees needed to win. You know, let's say he had a clutch hit back in June. All right, great. But the Yankees, you know, they were rolling back then. It wouldn't have been a difference. This team has been absolutely dead. So for him to hit this grand slam was just absolutely huge. So the ball didn't look great off the bat, but like the way he threw the bat down and kind of pumped his fist, you figure, all right, you got it. But if you look at it, it didn't look like it was a great swing, but, you know, it was enough. So the opposite field, right field shot. And again, maybe some of ballparks, this would have been a flyout, but for Yankee Stadium, it was an opposite field, right field home run for Josh Donaldson, uh, dramatic grand slam, uh, place was crazy, you know, even though it was kind of late in the day and you had the rain delay, still a good chunk of fans there, and the Yankees at least salvaged the final game, not getting swept, and uh, take the, the win 8-7. to seven. Uh, The win there goes to Chapman, I guess you would call that failing upwards uh, to improve his record to 2-3, and three. Beaks takes the loss there, again, a terrible way to lose a game. And the Yankees, at least, just through all the trials, troubles, and tribulations, everything going on, still maintain a 10-game lead up on both Toronto and Tampa there. They're kind of both neck and neck for third, second and third place there. Now, Toronto now comes into Yankee Stadium for a four-game set. So um, if this uh, Donaldson home run was the, the igniter, lit him up. If it's the combination of Floreal and um, Cabrera coming here and giving the Yankees a little sign of life, um, maybe they start getting on a roll here. I don't know. I don't, it's not enough to really make, make me have any faith in this offense as of yet right now. But, again, a good clutch win. And the Yankees now uh, at least at 73-45, uh, trying to get back to that 30-game over 500 mark where they kind of been sitting pretty there for a chunk of a while. Uh, and Toronto will come in the end. See, and of course, Toronto is going to try to cut into that Yankee lead in the AL East and see if they could really um, at least chip it away and then make a good run for themselves in September. And, of course, the Yankees will look to defend them off. 
so, but again, huge, huge, huge win for the Yankees. But overall, you're still worried about this offense. Again, if they could put a couple of games like this in a row, they're scoring runs, then maybe you feel comfortable. But still have too many games where they're only scoring one run or just getting blank zero. So um, not enough you have to get confidence in. So we'll see what happens there uh, for the Yankees. And, of course, now with Holmes on the IL, uh, it's going to be interesting who gets the ball a little bit. Just the way things are breaking out. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it goes to Marinaccio, but they just may go with a little bit more experience in Efros. I don't think they'll give to Chapman yet, especially just after this situation, even though he's been better overall. So interesting to see what they do with the closer situation. But worth noting, um, former Yankee Dylan Batances, who, you know, the Yankees could use him, actually, if he was in his prime. Reports that he's going to put in for retirement. Uh, I mean, he was with the Yankees for a number of years. They came out through the Yankees system. It's going to be part of the big three there. Was, you know, it was Batances, Banuelos, who came back for the Yankees this season for a cup of coffee. And they're getting uh, put on the waiver wise and sent to uh, Pittsburgh. And, of course, he had, uh, I think it was Andrew Brackman. Um, I guess none of them really worked out fully the way they would. I mean, of, yeah, of the three, you would say Dallin Batanzas was the most successful. I mean, a four-time All-Star. And he was a setup man for the Yankees for a number of years there. Uh, you know, when, when we had the good, good, good Chapman. I remember, you know, 2017, 2018. Um, and he was pretty much filthy untouchable. Then he had that Achilles situation in Toronto. And uh, then he might have pitched like one inning in t- uh, 2019. He just never came back and then bounced around a little bit. Was with the Mets for a while. Uh, this season signed a minor league deal with the Dodgers, and then they re- uh, really didn't pan out. And at 34 years old, they released him, and I guess that was it for Patances. Uh, but again, maybe, you know, just for a small time there for the Yankees, though. Um, and he was, was probably one of the best eighth inning men in the game there. Again, you know, four-time All-Star, so nothing to sneeze at there. Uh, but unfortunately, that's it for Patances. And the Yankees now, again, will host Toronto. And let's hopefully they can finally, finally get a little run here because, again, since the All-Star break, it's been pretty miserable. Um, they've only had like three wins in August, so uh, not a good month for the Yankees. So, you know, still a couple of weeks left in this month, so maybe they can find a way to at least even it out a little bit and make a, you know, a little run there for September just to uh, get the fans, you know, a little more faith in this offense. So Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. If you haven't done it already, make sure you subscribe, and we'll see you after the Toronto series. Mm-hmm.